Welcome to The Bright-Eyed, a podcast dedicated toward empowering our generation. Each week, I interview teen changemakers who have a purpose, a passion, and are doing something about it. We are more than capable of changing our world for the better. Let's see who's rising to the occasion. I'm your host, Daisy No, and this is The Bright-Eyed. Hello and welcome to The Bright Eye. Today's interview is with an experienced screenwriter and producer here to provide his insights and advice on the industry. He is known for his work on Psych, a mystery slash comedy, um, as well as many other TV shows, web series, and so much more. He's also the current writer for the Unsung Podcast. I'm so excited to introduce Tim Meltraker. Hello, welcome to the show. Uh, Happy to be here. This is wonderful. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm super excited to dive into this. Um, Screenwriting is definitely something I'm interested in, too. So I'm super excited to get into it. That's Um, great. (laughs) What's it been kind of like working as a screenwriter during COVID-19? I know this might be an interesting time. Well, it's a very interesting time. The truth is, like, uh, you know, existing projects uh, um, have kind of like uh, stalled for for a lot of writers, um, for me in particular, uh, I can say that uh, I've basically like had projects um, um, that I was ready to take out and pitch um, and to perhaps sell or um, um, have or develop with some of the studios and networks that I've worked with. But um, all that stuff uh, went by the wayside when COVID came. And so even now, like uh, pitches and development, uh, which is the process by which you take a show and, uh, you know, you get assigned producers and other people on the studio or network level and make it into something that resembles a television show. All of that, that, that process has been, uh, has been, has been stalled and slowed uh, quite a bit. Um, so things are very, 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 very slow. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so what have you kind of been doing right now while we're in quarantine and working from home? Well, in fact, the um, the one thing that I have been doing has been working on this podcast that I'm currently working on, and Unsung is a uh, is is a, is a project that I was originally hired to write a television pilot for, a scripted piece that was then going to be out, gonna go pitched be pitched as a uh, as a uh, you know half hour show. But uh, we decided, uh, since uh, projects stalled and things got slow, that we were going to perhaps reimagine it as a narrative podcast. I actually had never written anything like this before. Um, so when it became, when it came time to kind of like reimagine it and the producers came to me and said, should we do this as a podcast? I was just like, I don't know, maybe it's fine. And they're like, would you like to do it? And I'm just like, well, I'm not even sure, but yeah, let's give it a shot because, uh, um, it's a new muscle to kind of like exercise and, uh, a new set of skills that I could then perhaps take and get jobs in other places because, you know, that's in many ways what screenwriters like me at my level actually do. We go out and we get jobs. It's it's a gig economy. It's a contract economy. Sometimes we work on shows that run for a long time. Sometimes the shows run for a short time. Most of the time the shows um, um, don't get made at all. They're just scripts that float around and then eventually die in development. Um, or they, I mean, look, anything can happen. Show, you know, scripts can get bought. Sometimes they get produced. Sometimes they don't. So um, this podcast is just uh, something I've never done before. And it's something new for me to try. I love it. Well, I'm super excited to tune in and just kind of like backtracking a little bit to the very, very beginning. So when did you kind of develop that passion for writing? Um, Well, uh, I began actually as a journalist. And I think that's kind of where I sort of found my initial passion for writing. I, I didn't tend to tell a lot of stories or write a lot of short stories or 
fictional type things when I was young. I was really attracted mostly to the to the nonfiction narrative. Uh, most of the books that I had read at the time were nonfiction. Um, and uh, I just liked uh, that storytelling as it's reflected in real life. So uh, I got a job uh, writing freelance for uh, a paper called the OC Weekly. After, uh, after I had worked for, their, worked for the written um, um, about politics and schools for a long time, um, you know, they would come to me with other project ideas like writing about food. I wrote about food a lot. I wrote a lot about bands, um, those sorts of things. And that was an opportunity to kind of do other stuff. So when you write a lot, you get other opportunities to write. Um, so that's where it started at the beginning. That was kind of just like where I sort of just like found my passion for it and how I really enjoyed kind of just like being in the flow and doing a lot of research and the endless opportunities to learn. That's by far the best thing about being a writer is, you know, I get to learn stuff all the time, every day. And what kind of led you to becoming a screenwriter from there? Um, well, I will say that mostly it was a, uh, it was an economic decision because um, journalism in the uh, early 2000s uh, wasn't a lucrative proposition. It's an even less lucrative proposition now. Um, and uh, I had a friend who had suggested that perhaps maybe my talents might be um, better uh, spent uh, writing fiction. So uh, I started to write screenplays, uh, television spec scripts, and uh, and then a, and then a, and then a feature screenplay, which I then entered into contests, and uh, and and and, uh, and I won one. And so that sort of just like kind of convinced me that maybe this might be a good place for me to, to for, for me to stay. And so you've been a working screenwriter for a very long time, very experienced. Um, what's been kind of the best part about being in this occupation? Uh, well, the best part is when a show is in production um, and, uh, and, 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 and it's chugging along. I mean, for example, the, my first show psych was, um, was, a, was kind of a big sort of like operation. We were writing in, we were writing in Manhattan Beach. We were shooting it in Canada. That at any given time in the middle of the season, there would be scripts in all in all in all stages of completion and episodes perhaps being ready to be shot and produced up north. Um, so I think the pace of that is kind of one of the best things. But really, the very best thing to me, my favorite thing about it, is simply being around creative people, um, because creative people who are actually like sort of operating at the top of their game are um, they're trusting and they're funny and they're uh, they're they're relaxed and they're and they're comfortable with who they are and they're comfortable with who each other are. So you really do feel like you're kind of like communicating and existing with people in your most, in, in your, in your most authentic way. So in terms of just screenwriting in general, is there a misconception that people have often about the, the job or what it entails and things like that? Oh, without question. Um, I'd say, I'd say the most, I'd say, again, I can only speak with, with my own experience, but, uh, you know, working writers out there um, um, will say, for example, sell a script or work on a staff and produce and, you know, write an episode. But, you know, writing by and large as, 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 uh, as solitary as it is, will always, always be a collaborative profession. So oftentimes, you know, when a script, uh, sorry, when an episode, an episode of television has my name on it, written by, produced by, um, it has the fingerprints of almost everyone around me within a, within a, within a, you know, within like a, a you know, a, a 20 mile radius, everyone, I came up with it. Sure. But I sat in a room and I beat it out on the board with, you know, six other guys who helped me put the story together. 
And then I went off and I wrote the script, but then the script went back and those same guys and gals read the script and they gave me notes and they came up with ideas to enhance it and to make it better. And then I went back and I integrated their ideas. Then I did another draft and then the higher level producers do it. And then I get up to the set and we produce the episode and then the actors have opinions about it. And the producers up there and the director always has an opinion about it. And then we shoot it, it's in the can. We come back, we put it together. And uh, then the editor has an opinion about it. So, you know, a script is never written, you know, generally in terms of just like, you know, working as far as working writers go, it's never written by just one person. So I'd say the biggest misconception is that one person is there is, you know, sitting at the typewriter in the dark, um, slaving over a script that like then is turned in and shot uh, the way it was written. It's never done that way. Right. I, I genuinely love that collaborative aspect. I think that's so cool. And more places should work like that. I'm just saying I'm with you. I love the collaborative effort also because it really to me is like kind of meaningful to kind of work with somebody on a personal level where they trust you and you trust them. And uh, that to me is like one of the greatest things about being a, a performer or a writer or any sort of like creative pursuit when you get to work with somebody and there's that, that connection because you really can't articulate what it is. It's just a connection and you're just moving forward. And only I, I, think, only, I, I think only artistic pursuits kind of like have that. Right, for sure. And like when you hear those like interviews of like actors or directors and producers and writers, and they're like, oh, what's the best part? They're always like, oh, the people I work with. And you're like, oh my God, that sounds so great. You're like, really, you spend so much time together. And like art is a very, like, you have to be very vulnerable to produce something like that. So I, I mean, it's really no mystery why that happens, right? Right, sure, sure. I mean, yeah, you do. I mean, if again, and again, you do have to kind of remove yourself from it. It's like, you know, kind of abandon your ego, as I say. I mean, it's hard to do because oftentimes you're also working with people who are very successful, whose egos are in fact inflated because they have been successful. I mean, anybody who has sort of just like a track record, they're just like, well, of course, people love me for the way I am. So I'm going to be the way I am. But that works in direct contrast with the collaborative process because you kind of have to surrender some of yourself to let the other person in. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to keep carrying on this awesome conversation about the industry and in particular about your show, Psych. But we're going to take a short break real quick, but we'll be back. So stay tuned. If you are a teen who is leading a nonprofit initiative, writing music, working as an activist, running a business, or making an impact in any way, shape, or form, we have a lot to talk about. You can apply to be a guest on my podcast and be featured in an episode by filling out the guest application with the link in my Instagram bio, at thebrighteyedpod. And feel free to email me at thebrighteyedpod at gmail.com with any questions you may have. Your story could inspire someone to make a difference, so if you're someone who is looking to share their story and empower fellow teens, I'd love to have you on the show. Now let's get back into the episode. So, Tim, you were the writer on USA Network's Psych. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what it was about? Well, Psych was a uh, detective show. It was a uh, it was a um, it was a comedy hour long comedy procedural detective show. So it 
it actually um it actually like you know observed all of the beats of a classic uh, crime procedural like uh you know ncis or uh, any of those dick wolf shows but it was an hour-long comedy which is kind of an unusual thing and it and it starred a, a, an actor named james roday and another actor named dule hill and it was uh they were buddies and uh, um um they uh they they uh they uh uh, investigated crimes in the city of Santa Barbara, which is the murder capital of California. Um, wow. Yeah. And, uh, I had no idea. Really, <laughs> I know, right? Um, but when you go for eight seasons and you're set in Santa Barbara, you're going to have to have an excessive amount of murders. Um, so, yeah, they, uh, they, 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 uh, they investigate crimes uh, with, uh, with our main character, Sean Spencer's um, um, enhanced uh, um, um, ability to observe things. Um, he's very good, very detail-oriented. He can see things that other people sort of like miss. And mm -hmm. um, because of this skill, he passes himself off as a psychic. So he's a fake psychic detective. So how did you end up becoming a writer for the show? Well, I got a job um, in the first season because I had won that screenplay contest. Um, um, I, I managed to, uh, to get a phone call from, uh, from, from the USA Network um, at the urging of a friend of mine who actually already kind of like worked there. And uh, he scored me a job um, um, creating web content. For, uh, for the USA Network. And at the time, USA was kind of like at the vanguard of basic cable television. And they had a hit with Monk uh, and, uh, and Psych was the, was, was like, uh, was, a, was a companion show to Monk. And, uh, you know, a handful of other shows, Burn Notice, White Collar, uh, well, I can't remember, there were other ones. But at the time, USA was kind of like, like doing very, very well. And so they needed web content. For, uh, for for their marketing department. So uh, so I was fortunate enough to kind of like score a job writing freelance for the marketing department uh, in New York for the USA Network that produced Psych. And so uh, um, they were asking for you know lists and webisodes and blogs and and uh, you know as I said webisodes. One of the parts of the job that I had to do was I had to write scripted webisodes. And the scripted webisodes were in fact shot with the cast and the existing Psych crew up in Canada. So in the in the first season. Uh, they, I, I wrote six of them, and uh, and 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 the first three, they they sent me up to Canada to produce, um, and uh, I had never done that before. But uh, nevertheless, they sent me up there, and uh, I met the actors, I met the crew, I met the I met the staff of, of Psych, um, and I would work sometimes out of their office. So by the time a job opportunity came around, I had sort of like already been part of the family, and so um, um, sometimes shows have assignments they have to give. And that's usually one, one, one episode for a non-writer's guild writer. And that was me. So they gave me that and, they, and, and, and the crew and the producers and everybody, including the, uh, the executive producer and creator, Steve Franks, um, kind of like saw to it that I was uh, shepherded through the whole process of writing a script. So my first episode of television, in fact, the first episode of television I had ever written was in fact on television shortly thereafter. So I really snagged an incredible break and, uh, and started on a successful show. This is a, a very fortunate story with a whole ton of serendipity, but uh, they hired me thereafter and then I worked the other, and then I worked the rest of the uh, seven seasons on the show. That's amazing. And you got that like collaborative um, environment where you were in like a writer's room. Um, oh, was that definitely. kind of how you workshop things? Yes, that's definitely how it happened. The writer's room um, on, on Psych, like a lot of television shows, is operating five days a week. It's always going. You know, there's always, there's always a group of writers in the room um, working on beating stories out and creating, uh, creating sort of like the skeletal parts of the episodes. 
um, while other writers are perhaps in their office working alone on the script that they've been sent off to write, or they're working on a second draft, or they're in post working on, um, you know, cutting an episode that's already been shot, or they're up on the set. So the writers at any given time are either in the room, on the set, in their office working alone, um, or in post cutting an episode. Right. And what was that kind of like getting into a writer's room, um, having like maybe not written a TV show experience before? Well, they all had more experience than me, all of them. So I was, you know, I was a brand new guy. Right. Uh, I, um, and uh, that was in retrospect talking about probably the most, um, you know, one of the, well, it was one of the many very difficult things about kind of just like this deep learning curve, but um, a writer's room is a is a very like a uh, personal space. And there's a lot of variables that take place inside of a writer's room. Like for example, your experience based on, you know, compared to the experience of the people next to you, whether the personalities actually gel, whether the chemistry even works and whether young writers like me, and I wasn't young at the time, um, I'm older now, but I was still wasn't a young writer. I wasn't in my twenties or anything. Um, um, knowing kind of like what their role is. I was a staff writer. And staff writers on television shows are literally called baby writers. There's a hierarchy on in, in, in rooms that sort of just like is dictated by everybody's title. So um, some rooms are more democratic than others, but in, other, in some rooms you got to sort of like recognize the hierarchy. And as a new person, um, I hadn't always sort of just like been aware of when and when I shouldn't um, um, keep my mouth shut. <laughs> right, which right. Didn't, which didn't ever sort of result in any sort of like negative negative repercussions on me. But mm -hmm. um, the, one of the learning curves was really sort of just like being aware of, of, of where you are compared to the other writers. Um, and is there like maybe a joke or a bit that you're particularly proud of from that show that you were able to contribute? Yeah, I guess. Um, I'm some of some of my jokes really i'm most i'm actually most known for a, for a joke that's not funny at all actually uh, because uh, because when i was when i was a brand new writer in my one of my very first episode might be my second episode on the set we had a uh, we had a scene where i had written um, that uh, that our guys are in doing some investigating in a place they're not supposed to be and an employee comes in with a uh, comes comes in and says what are you guys doing here and um 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 they're they, they they fake it but eventually they get caught they know they're not supposed to be there and uh and 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 and, and to defend herself um she grabs a three-hole punch okay now now she said the actress uh when we shot it said three-hole puncher okay and i said three but on the page it was three-hole punch and so um I marched onto the set there and tell the actor and, uh, and I told him that he needed to be three hole puncher instead of three hole punch, which I insist was funnier. Uh, sorry, I thought three hole punch was funnier. Anyway, no one understood it. Everyone made fun of me for it. And I've been made fun of ever since. It's like an in joke on that show that, uh, that I'm the guy who basically like fought, decided to fall on my sword for three hole punch instead of three hole puncher. But, uh, I had a handful of bits that I may or may not own. Um, one of one of the bits that I used to one one of the bits that I kind of got was a runner was uh, was 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 uh, the Gus character going boneless when he didn't want to do anything. He went he went boneless, and so he would he would lose his joints and he would fall down and he'd have to be dragged out of places. Um, so, what was your day to day like um, as a screenwriter? My day to day experience on Psych was was very much like an office job where you go in. You, uh, you, 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 you prepare what you're doing for the day. You're either going to be in the room all day. You're going to be in your, you're going to be alone in your office all day. You're going to be in post all day. You're, maybe you're getting flown up to Canada on that day. 
um, it was very, uh, you know, workmanlike. I mean, any number of jobs that I might have, any number of roles that I might have been doing, um, that's what I did every day on that show for seven seasons. But my second show was was much different. Um, um, that was uh, that that show didn't have a room. I collaborated with one of my other writers who was actually in another country, and we would collaborate via Zoom or on the phone or via text. But uh, much of that was working solo. Some of it was even working at my kitchen table because um, I didn't work in the show office very often. Um, so, I mean, as far as being a screenwriter, your day to day is going to depend on what projects you actually have going. Like some days, you know, not some, some, some months or some weeks. I mean, I might not have a lot of projects um, going. For example, right now during COVID, the big one is this podcast. And the other one is my slate being developed to go out and get meetings. I go out and I do a lot of meetings. And so my day to day on any given day on one day might be getting in my car, driving up to three studios and having three 20 minute meetings with an executive or, um, you know, or a director or some sort of collaborator of some sort, having a general meeting, having a specific meeting on specific projects. I mean, it really runs the gamut as far as what your day-to-day -day is. It could be any number of different things, but we writers do a lot of stuff when we're working. What advice would you give for kind of young, aspiring screenwriters, producers, anyone who wants to get into the industry? Um, I wish I had some really sort of like novel advice, but like all of the, all of the, all of the kind of like time-tested advice that, that you ever receive from anybody um, is quite simply um, to read a lot and to write a lot and to be brave enough to allow your bad work to be seen by others or sometimes not even so be seen by others, but allow your bad work to actually get uh, get finished. Because, you know, again, I was listening to, uh, I listened to a lot of, you know, writer interviews and uh, most, for me anyway, the hardest thing, um, I identify with them because one of the hardest things that I find that writers have to do is is to write the first draft, to get it done. Um, because a first draft is a really like torturous, awful thing, um, because, because you know, it's going to be bad and, um, um, to, 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 and no one likes to do anything bad, but the only way to sort of just like get the good finished product is, is to kind of like make it through draft and draft. So to be kind of just like brave and really like stick to it, because the difference between people who actually like work as writers are the ones who sort of just like, uh, kind of saw it through. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways to fail as a writer, but, uh, but you, uh, but you will not fail ultimately if you really stick with writing draft after draft after draft and sort of like being cool with the tedium of it because, uh, and being focused, it's hard to be focused right now. We actually have some Q and A questions for you. So Josh from Orange, California wants to know what is a question that you'd like to see asked more often about screenwriters and film? I would like people to ask any writer or anybody creative. It's just like, how do you actually like, how do you manage to kind of just like work even when you don't feel like it? Because I think it's a great misconception about artists and performers and writers and creatives that, you know, they sit around and wait for inspiration. And, um, but the truth is like working writers um, have to be in their chair every single day. They have to write as often as they can. So the question for me, I want to always ask writers is why, uh, you know, how, how do you actually like work when you're not feeling it? Well, Thank you so much for sitting here and talking with me. Uh, I really just had a lot of fun. I could interview probably for three hours, four hours straight. <laughs> I know it's so long though. Um, but before we go, I do have this one little last question that I'd love to ask you. So if the whole world was listening to you right now, what would you say? The whole world? Uh, um, um, well, I, again, I go back to my mantra, do the work. Just do the work. Yeah, don't wait for lightning to strike. Just do the work. You'll get there. And there is room for you. So just keep, keep working. 
Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Help more listeners discover this podcast and be inspired by the stories of all these amazing interviewees by leaving a rating and review of The Bright Eyed. Ratings and reviews higher the ranking of this podcast so it would go a long way. You can also check out my Instagram at The Bright Eyed Pod for more great content. Stay tuned next week for another inspiring interview, but until then, I will talk to you soon. Bye!